And no man putteth new wine into old bottles, else the new wine doth burst the bottles, and the new wine is spilled, and the bottles will be marred. But new wine must be put into new bottles. Jesus says this at a time that the religious thinkers around him are criticizing him for the behavior of his disciples. They are challenging him because his disciples were different from the disciples they were accustomed to. They did not adhere to the religious traditions and philosophy that were popular at the time. They had a different mentality and a different philosophy, and Jesus didn't apologize for their uniqueness. How many of you have already discovered that when you are different, you get criticized? Yeah, yeah, people, anytime you're different, you're going to get criticized and you're going to run into opposition. But Jesus did not let their criticism deter him from his mission. And rather than to succumb to the criticism around him, he challenged them to come up to the standard of what he was teaching. Through various illustrations, he began to challenge them to understand that you can't take a garment that's old and try to prepare it with new fabric because if you do that, in the process of time, it's going to rip again because that garment is not prepared to hold an old fabric and new fabric together. The stretching, the weaving, the washing is going to cause it to break apart because the old fabric and the new fabric have two different textures and experiences. In fact, Jesus is saying when you get ready for something new, you have to be careful that you don't try to attach it to something old lest you ruin the integrity of both things. To further their understanding, he uses an illustration that is very typical at the time, something that they could relate to and something that they could understand quite easily. And what makes Jesus such a profound teacher is that he used things that you can understand to explain things that you cannot understand. He said, none of you would take new wine, and you must understand, in the custom of his day, almost everybody over there was around winemakers, and wine was the drink that they used at meals and in every situation, and so they were well acquainted with the process of making wine. They knew that when wine was new and it hadn't been fermented, that the wine was going to go through changes that it had to aerate, that it had to uh, go through different changes where it began to ferment, and that it was typical that wine would uh, develop pressure at certain points. And if you put it into something that was inflexible, you would burst it because the wine was mobile and going through changes. Jesus said, you wouldn't take new wine that is subject to go through changes and put it into old skins because the old skin lacks the flexibility to be able to make the adjustments and adapt to the growth process and the aging process of wine. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So what he wants them to understand is the problem you're having with me is that I have come to bring new wine, but your religious systems and your framework of thinking is so old and antiquated and so concrete that it would burst you to receive what I'm getting ready to do. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, I have been a believer for a number of years, and I've been preaching the gospel soon to be 30 years, and I've seen a lot of watch night services. And I've seen a lot of decrees, you know, this is your year of increase, and this is your year of blessing, and this is your special year. I've seen them down through the years, and all, you know, we want more in 2004. God is coming alive in 2005. You're going to get it fixed in 2006. We're going to heaven in 2007. <laughs> 
And it's almost, you almost have to come to watch night service to see how they're going to rhyme it together and hook it up so you can go into the new year with a new gimmick and a new concept for that year. And yet, a month into the process or two months into the process or three months in the process, you start saying, well, you know, nothing is coming alive in 2005 and I still need more in 2004 and there ain't no victory in 2003 and folks have sure been bad to me. You're just going down that line wondering why do things not change? The problem is we have faith in the wrong thing. Your faith cannot be in the clock. It cannot be in the calendar. It cannot be in midnight. It cannot be in watch night service. Your faith has to lie in God and what God is able to do in your life. And I want to tell you something. I don't believe that any of those things were necessarily wrong. And I don't believe the one that we're approaching for this year is necessarily wrong. But I do want to tell you that every year, in fact, every day is an opportunity. It is an opportunity for you to experience the blessing of God. Did you hear me? It's an opportunity. The problem with most people is they waste every opportunity given them because they do not know how to seize an opportunity. I have been preaching this for years, way back when I was preaching Maximize the Moment. I was trying to tell people that every moment that God gives you is a gift and that you have a responsibility to receive that gift and to maximize that moment. There is some benefit as you walk with God and as you live and as you age and as you process. I think that one of the things that age helps you to do is to appreciate life. The closer you get to the end of it, the more you appreciate every day of it. And one of the frivolities of youth is that they don't have anything to compare life to and they think they're going to live forever. You need a few aches and pains and a little creaking in your knee and the back to go out every now and then for you to finally get the email from heaven, you are not going to be here forever. With that comes a panic, and with that comes an urgency, and finally, if you're a person of faith, with it comes a commitment and a focus that you decide, there are some things that I cannot afford to allow to bother me because I am too close to the last days to allow you to affect me. There are some criticisms I simply will not respond to because I don't have time to spend the rest of my life explaining my life to people who can't understand what God has done in me. There are some enemies that I don't even try to resolve conflict with. You go ahead and have a problem with me. I don't have time to have a problem with you. I've got to preserve the time, maximize the moment, and move into my destiny. And I think there might be a few people in here tonight who understand the preciousness of time that has been given to you. When you finally begin to recognize that every day is a gift from God, every second, every moment is a gift from God, you begin to use those moments with discretion and to decide with distinction what you will and will not lend your energy to because frankly, you know, you just don't have time for the foolishness. Touch somebody and say, I don't have time for it. 
one of the things that causes you to recognize that you don't have time for it is if you have experienced waste in your past and you look back over your life and you say, Lord, if I could do it again. If I had only known then what I know now, I would deal with it so much differently. Why did I let that worry me? Why did I respond to that issue in the first place? Why did I spend years of my life trying to reconcile with somebody who didn't want to reconcile with me? Why did I spend years of my life working on a job, a deadbeat job, not pursuing other opportunities? I realize now that there were many opportunities knocking at my door and I missed them. So, Lord, with every day I have left, I'm going to do what the Bible says and redeem the time. Touch somebody and say, redeem the time. I'm going to redeem the time. I'm going, to, I'm going to captivate the time I have left and hope that my latter day will be greater than my former day and maximize every moment of my life. If I have a witness in here, give God a praise. When I was praying and asking the Lord, what to share with you and, and how to go about it. I said, Lord, it's New Year. And I, I like New Year services because it gives me an opportunity to reflect, to learn, to grow, to, to recommit, to refocus myself. I seize it as an opportunity to evaluate my progress or the lack thereof. And I like having that opportunity. But the Lord said something to me that I'm going to share with you that I think is quite startling. He said, there's no need in you having a new year if you're going to go into it with an old mind. Tell my people not to focus so much on having a new year, but to focus on having a new mind. Because if God pours another new year into that old mentality that you have, it's going to be just like the year you had before. And somebody in here is determined not to have another year like the one you had before. The new year being poured, it's amazing how you can give the same children the same opportunity. One child will take it and another one will waste it. They can be the same children born out of the same womb, came from the same loins, raised in the same house, exposed to the same opportunity, but they don't react to it to the same way because they don't have the same mentality. They have the same genetic composition, they have the same mother, they have the same father, but they don't have the same mindset. And I don't care what you say, you cannot bless somebody the way you want to when they have a negative mentality.